This is the Think Queerly podcast, and I'm your host, Darren Steele, where queer thought, leadership, personal growth, and LGBTQ social justice intersect. On the podcast, I talk about the unique socio-cultural contributions that LGBTQ plus people offer humanity, and I critique the status quo by challenging rigid ideologies, heteronormativity, and prejudice, while offering solutions to create a more diverse, loving, and accepting world. So in today's episode, two things happened this morning that prompted me to do this response as opposed to a reaction. And if you keep that in mind, you'll pick that up further on as I'm sharing my thoughts with you today. And in particular, a word showed up twice. Twice? (laughs) Twice. Zeitgeist. Maybe that's why I said twice. Zeitgeist is like a sign of the times. Things that are showing up and really prevalent So I'm checking my email and somebody responded or left me a comment on my latest article on Think Queerly on Medium. LGBTQ diversity demonstrates that dualities are artificial constructs. And the person wrote, I haven't read your article, but I disagree. Absolutely blown away. So you're going to go on and share me share with me an entire paragraph on your thoughts, even though you haven't read the article. And it demonstrated just a lack of complete ignorance. Ignorance of, and, and, and arrogance in a sense. How, how can you respond to my article if you haven't read it? The title wasn't clickbait. It, you know, you got to go read the article to know what it's about. And the things that this person brought up were discussed at length and with such clarity to to get across the point that I was trying to make that the person I don't think would have left that comment in the first place had they read the article. And then I'm further scrolling on social media, on Twitter, and somebody I follow, Zach Ford, had tweeted something about an article, um, Tucker Carlson and Dave Rubin blame California wildfires on woke public utilities focused on being pro-LGBT and racially diverse. Made me think that this need for control and belonging that we're seeing in society is the zeitgeist of social media right now. Jumping right into this article, blaming LGBTQ people or people of color for the ills of the world just demonstrates ignorance and a lack of critical thinking skills. I can't help but say how stupid it is that people talk in this way or that people who listen and agree believe this nonsense. And it begs the question of why do I even have to talk through this in the first place? But that's what I meant at the beginning by this is my response as opposed to a reaction. So here we go. So Delving into this article that's on Towerload, and the link is in the show notes. Tucker Carlson and Dave Rubin blamed the California wildfires that are happening right now on these public utilities uh, that fall prey to woke culture and focus on diversity and race and sexuality and hiring. And I'm, I'm quoting from the article here. Rubin is quoted as saying, 
The problem right now is that everything, everything from academia to public utilities to politics, everything that goes woke that buys into this ridiculous progressive ideology that cares about what contractors are LGBT or how many black firemen we have or white this or Asian that, everything that goes that road eventually breaks down. It is not how freedom is supposed to operate. What is supposed to happen? Imagine if your house was on fire. Would you care what public utility or what fire company, what contractor they brought in, what gender or sexuality or any of those things he or she was? It's just absolutely ridiculous. Close quote. And then Carlson asks, who would care? Who would care about something like that? The amount of nonsense in that, I, you know, I'll let you break that down. But the lack of critical thinking in, in Rubin's quote, first of all, is, is so obvious that, no, it, it doesn't matter the color of the person's skin who's a fire person. It doesn't matter the sexual or gender identity of the fire person. But what does matter is the freedom to be who you are. What does matter is the diversity and the freedom to have a job, to hold a job, without any fear of being fired because of the color of your skin, because of your gender or sexual identity. That's what matters. And so what would blow this argument right up would be, let's say just for some reason that a particular fire station, that everybody working the night shift happened to be either somewhere along the LGBTQ spectrum or a person of color. Let's say, for some reason, they all got laid off because... Now, this most likely wouldn't happen in California because they're far more supportive of diversity. But let's just say this were some other state and somebody had the power to fire all these people because it was against their religion. And then that fire station was still open, but it was terribly understaffed. Or they were making people work double or triple shifts, and maybe the fire people couldn't wake up. Or maybe they did wake up when the fire alarm went off, but they did a terrible job. What then? What then, Reuben and Carlson? So let's get into the meat of this. I had to ask myself why so that I could have a response as opposed to a reaction. Why do people think like this? What is the cause of this? And then I realized it was nothing more complicated than the various stages of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I think the core issue that bothers people so much is control, specifically a lack thereof, and and belonging, and specifically, how do I feel safe, secure, supported, loved, and respected. So I'll I'll include a link if you don't know Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but very quickly, it's a triangle. And at the base of the triangle is the need, the psychological needs, the basic needs. And on top of that is safety. So we're talking about, do you have a place to live? Do you feel like um, you can exist as who you are without being attacked physically or emotionally? And Above that is love and belonging. So love is acceptance. Love allows us to feel that we can be who we are on the inside so that we can feel like we can belong to another group because that group then accepts us for who I are, who we are. Above that is esteem, self-esteem, a way in which that we can proudly be who we are. And self-actualization might be a greater expression of one's gender or sexual identity, but also 
like what I'm doing right here, being able to freely express my thoughts on queer leadership and taking the risk to be able to actualize these ideas to say that I think I'm working within the realm of thought leadership to help other people think differently, think more critically, and learn how to better lead themselves and make the world a better place. So let's think of the words that I just said before I described Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Belonging is specifically, how do I feel safe, secure, supported, loved, and respected? Now, I want you to think of a a two-way street, like actually going down the street of a city. Cars are going in one direction, and cars are going in the other direction. And we're driving down the road of life. And if we don't stay in our lane, we're going to crash head-on into oncoming traffic. This is a perfect metaphor for two extreme polarities meeting head-on. You know, when you're so far to the extreme that one's arguments doesn't make any logical sense, how do you then respond to that other person, that other mindset, then crashing head-on into their argument? You know, sticking with the metaphor, we need to traffic, to travel on either side of that white line, be it solid or, or, or dashed, to peacefully coexist. That dashed line allows us to, you know cross over and maybe overtake a vehicle or 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 maybe able be able to like pass ahead in in progressive thinking so to speak we need to respect these so-called rules of the road so that we can drive alongside so that we can merge so that we can signal left and right and then move in that different direction so that we can drive forward and at the same time see traffic oncoming but not getting into an accident to peacefully coexist without road rage, without falling asleep at the wheel, which would be akin to ignorance, not being open or aware to what is right in front of you, and just closing your eyes to the possibility of another position, or simply learning something new. And in this case, Tucker Carlson is is willfully feigning ignorance because i don't think he's ignorant i expect very little ethical behavior from someone like him i don't trust him i don't trust that he's being authentic or truthful i don't trust that what he says or what he stands for is what he completely believes he's probably pretty fucking right wing But I suspect he's far more interested in ratings and personal celebrity and making lots of money and his so-called trying to make America great again. And that's bullshit. So my original premise is that there is so much discord and we're witnessing what we're witnessing is connected to issues of a lack of belonging, which also has ties to a lack of control. If we go into the aspect of control now and a lack of it when you feel like you have no control over your ability to earn enough income to keep a roof over your head to feed your family to be able to pursue higher education which would be self-actualization or to feel like you have no control over your physical safety as an lgbtq person what is life like for you You know, what comes to mind is life is stressful 
frustrating, depressing, frightening, and uncertain or volatile. And this is life barely lived at the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And it's very difficult to pursue anything greater than yourself. It's practically impossible to pursue any form of self-actualization when you're struggling to put food on the table, let alone taking care of your personal safety, having love and belonging, or having any kind of self-esteem. You can be a very strong person at the very bottom struggling to survive and have self-esteem because maybe you've been in a better place in your life before, but for so many people who may never have been up that chain of feeling self-esteem, it's a very difficult psychological or sense of self or being to exhibit, to experience, to practice. So more often than not, if you're just surviving, the most common emotional state is one of reaction. You're living through the amygdala, the, the most primary form of your brain, the reptilian brain, as it's sometimes called, fight or flight, defend, or your more animalistic, mammalian part of your brain that's trying to find comfort, that's trying to find security, that's trying to take care of yourself or those that are dependent upon you. When everything hinges on simply being able to live, then the emotional capacity to respond is is limited, if not impossible. The need to survive is more important than anything else. And in those extreme cases, we will fight, we will react, push back, and exhibit a host of other less than self-actualizing states of being. And it's so easy for us to gloss over people living in those situations, right? We see it on the news. We see it in these pleas on commercials to donate to the starving people of whatever country. We see it in the people lining up at the local food bank. So someone like a Tucker Carlson is feeding into this awareness by speaking to his audience that probably finds themselves in this emotional state of being. So then they feel connected, thinking that he is speaking on their behalf, that he will somehow lead them out of the bottom of this state of being into a greater sense of love and belonging and esteem. But He's also speaking to an audience that is solely concerned with clutching onto every aspect of power and wealth that they've either inherited or created, and they are psychologically trapped by the fear of not having enough, and or they've been influenced by particular ideologies or neoliberalism or what have you, where it just becomes all about a defensive ego and me, 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 And look at all of these silly companies trying to give LGBT or people of color rights and freedoms. And, and, oh my gosh, I'm losing my privilege. Now, belonging is a far more complex issue, and certainly it has connections to control. I think the prevalence of social media and how we are acting there has made issues of belonging to be that 
much more challenging. We see images in advertising and on Instagram that promote a way of being that's highly unrealistic and in some cases impossible to attain. Just think body image as an example and diet culture. People unaware of the psychology of influence through marketing are made to feel or through lack of awareness, feel bad about themselves. And then they struggle to try and fit into that mold that's presented to them, thinking that this is how they will find belonging to that group. But I can't speak to every single factor that makes up belonging. But the the one I wish to really highlight is divisiveness. And this is the major challenge on social media. People blindly share their opinions without any concern for the consequences of their words. They say things that wind up being personal attacks or defamatory, claiming freedom of speech. The simple truth is that when you communicate, when you open your mouth and speak, or when you write and hit publish, you are freely expressing But in many societies, we have limits on what we call free speech, specifically designed to protect others from the consequences of hate speech or calls to violence and attack. We've established these laws to protect people from violent aggression. And these laws vary from country to country, depending on the social morals of different countries. Now, perhaps the original intention with social media was to create more opportunities to belong, to create this global village that seemed even smaller and easier to access, to create more connectedness. For the various reasons, we're, we're, we're witnessing so many polarities of opinions that people feel even more isolated, more disconnected, less like they belong. And I've spoken about what I would call the simple fix for this problem in previous podcasts and episodes of my, um, and, and in my writing about what I've called the, the way of queer leadership. But while the fix may appear simple, the actual change in attitude that is required, the practice in seeking first to understand before reacting is extremely challenging. We have now been seeing so much reaction and attack for such a long time that it has become the norm. And anyone that seeks to try and dialogue often becomes a victim of call-out culture because they had the courage to ask a question, to look at something more deeply, but somebody takes it out of context Like how I opened my podcast with the person saying, I disagree with you, but I haven't read your article. So there are so-called extremists on either side of the spectrum of the binary of the dualities. And whether that be someone who's self-described or labeled as left-wing versus right-wing, Republican versus Democrat, liberal versus conservative, they're all seeking the same outcome, to create a culture of belonging. To say, hey, hey, this is what I believe in. This is what I stand for. Come on over to my side and support what I believe in. But when this outcome is based on creating division, and when this outcome is based on the belief that there's only one right path, belonging transforms into an ideology, rigid dogmatic and authoritarian, and one that seeks to control and limit free thinking and humanity itself. So where do we go from here? 
There's no single answer or solution. Instead, we have to be mindful and ever vigilant that a continued state of divisiveness and extreme polarities harms humanity. I also believe that those of us who live on the so-called margins, the other, myself as part of the LGBTQ-identified community, we have gifts of insight and experience with living in different parts of the world that have sought to oppress our visibility and our self-actualization. And this can be used as a way to lead the world and enhance humanity for the better. But it starts with responding and not reacting. It starts with perhaps longer-form journalism, longer podcasts like this, and not approximately 250 characters as an attack, and not pundits that are arguing only from one side of the equation so that they can be right, so that they can be the ego that is heard, that gets more press, that gets another contract renewed, that makes a million dollars so that they can just be on television espousing their views, whether or not they even care or believe in them. We need more truth. We need authenticity. We need to focus, I think, on the very middle of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is love and belonging, because it it is that middle. Maybe that middle is like that dotted line on the road, on the highway. So we can lift people up from that place below love and belonging. So that we can lift them up and through to self-esteem, to self-actualization. Because I think the more that we can think critically and think for ourselves and be vulnerable and honest and truthful and, and, and lead like no one else is watching... The more that we have love and belonging without ideological conditions, dogmas, these rigid belief systems will start to crumble because the people who have complete acceptance for who they are will experience that sense of love and well-being that will open up their hearts and minds to seeing other people other people, other identities, other people of color that they were afraid of or that they felt they were a different group to which they didn't belong, an other group, that's when these barriers will start to slowly crumble. So I challenge you to respond. Whenever you see something today that triggers you and you think, fuck, and you just want to type something nasty, whether it be a text to something somebody wrote to you on your phone, social media, Facebook, Twitter, a comment on Medium. Seek first to understand. Try to understand the other person's position. Doesn't mean you're going to win the argument, and that's not what we should be seeking to do. Winning the argument is an ego pursuit. Opening up someone's mind, helping them to think differently, that's a humanitarian approach, and that's part of what I'm describing as the way of queer leadership. And thank you for listening. <laughs>